Hello, welcome to Systemize Your Success. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about hiring, or actually when to hire new people. How do you know when at the right time? How do you figure out who you should hire and what you're going to actually give them? And this is going to be a sort of behind-the-scenes look into something's going on in our business right now, which is why I wanted to share it. So this is literally the thought process, the systematic approach that we've gone through and some of the mistakes that I've made in, in this process. I'm going to share those as well. Um, and this process works equally well for solopreneurs, hiring your maybe your first assistant or first virtual assistant or first member of staff. Or if you've got an established team like me and you're looking to expand your your capabilities and your services into new areas and how do you actually best fill those roles and we're going to be talking fairly generically here i'm not going to go into detail about specific hiring guides for individual types of of roles like graphic designers or programmers or salespeople. this is going to be the general rules but they apply pretty much to everything and it's getting this stuff right that makes the hiring process easier it makes the success of the project you want to roll out better in my opinion and yeah it's what we do and hopefully sharing this will help so the question is this how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash how do we leverage the best apps virtual assistants automation tools and systems to scale our businesses increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day that is the question and this podcast will give you the answer my name is dr steve day and this is systemize your success Okay, so recently we've been looking at hiring somebody new. And just before the uh, festive holidays, I actually went out to the job market and we put a job out there to hire a new customer success manager role. Uh, and the idea of them is to look into uh, how we can support our clients better, to give them an even better level of service, making sure they're feeling uh, appreciated, making sure they're getting the attention that they need, and also um, just being on hand to to be a first point of contact. And I thought this is not something we've done before. So let's go out and hire somebody new, maybe with some experience, you know, customer service sort of type role, somebody who um, has something about them, you know, some just something proactive and really uh, great communicator. So yeah, can bring something to the table. And we did that initial uh, job recruitment hunt, so to speak. We use our recruit right hiring system, which I discussed in earlier episodes. And we found some two brilliant people. And we both offered them both jobs. They're both going to work in parallel, actually, is something I recommend. So work in parallel for a week. Um, and then we're going to make our final decision or possibly take on both. And in that week, they actually, both of them were approached by their existing companies and when they told them they were handing their notice and they were offered increased salaries and better packages and both actually decided to stay with their existing employees because of their loyalty to them um and you know i, I couldn't say anything about it that's just what they what they decided but i think it was a bit of a blessing disguise because i sort of had gone against some of the principles that i've actually stood by in my hiring process to this point, I'd ignored those and looking for almost like the chasing the shiny penny, looking for a solution to a problem without really using a systematic, um, logical approach to the problem. So I had a couple of weeks off uh, over the Christmas period, and that gave me some time to think about, actually, who should be in this role? This is like a really important role in a company. And to have somebody brand new in to get them to a level which I trust them to be the front line person with my existing clients and to support my existing coaching clients it was actually quite a lot to to ask and it would have taken some time to get there so it made me 
rethink. And as I said, to go back to our principles about how we actually go at the hiring, that is what I really want to dig in dig into today to explain how we do that. So before I do, I want to just give some a little bit of background to the signs or the feelings I was having in our company, which made me realize it was the right time to start looking for somebody new. And it doesn't matter if you're, what role you're hiring for. The, the example was about customer service. That's just to give you some context to what I'm talking about today. But these signs are stuff, stuff you're probably familiar with, and you might be feeling them already. And the, the most common one is that you yourself as the business owner is starting to feel a bit stressed. <laughs> signs feel like stuff might be not getting done the way you want it done or as quickly as you want it done. Or maybe you are taking on more stuff than you'd like to. You're doing more than you should be doing. You know, us business leaders shouldn't be doing. We should be delegating and managing and thinking and strategizing. Doing is not, for, for, for the best part, the stuff that we should be doing each day. And you, should, you may be falling back into that trap, that, pla that, that trap of doing too much actual work because there's no one left in the team to do it. You can't just throw stuff at people continually. If there's no capacity in the team, it doesn't get done. And that's the other, another sign is that people aren't getting stuff done fast enough for your liking. Um, working, work is just taking too long to complete. Or their task lists, or you go onto their task boards, we, just, we talk about a lot of task boards for delegation, and their task list or their pending list is just getting longer. It doesn't seem like they're ever making any headway or actually getting through stuff. Um, your systems aren't getting improved. There's no time in the team, no capacity in the team to actually look at how could we do things better. And that's a real catch-22 because Time spent looking at efficiency will make things go quicker and therefore they have more time. The converse is, is also true. No time spent looking at efficiency will mean to tax it longer, which means people have even less time. So is it something that we actually uh, actively try to, to put time aside to do in our business? And when we're hitting capacity, that's one of the things that actually suffers. Um, I mentioned a project stalling. So things... Maybe your deliverables aren't getting hit. You're not hitting your quarterly goals or your staff are just working longer. Um, I hire all my staff on an hourly basis. They're contractors. They're not paid employees as such. They don't work a fixed number of hours. And when those hours start creeping up from 40-ish to 45 to 50 to 55, I know now is the time we need to start hiring because that's all right in the short term and they may be appreciative of the extra hours. But in the long term, it's going to be affecting their, their social life, their family life, and potentially their mental health as well going forward. They might get stressed. Their work productivity might actually go down despite them working longer hours. And also documentation. So back to the system side of stuff, if people aren't documenting what they're doing, it puts your company at risk. And people need time to do that. Even using our super rapid systems for documenting, it still needs people to actually do it. Um, and if they are really firefighting, that is something that can actually fall to the wayside, so to speak. And so that's the signs that you might be feeling in your company when you think, you know, now is the time we've got to take somebody on. It might be really obvious or maybe actually you can catch this early on and start putting a plan into place. A bit like uh, we have done, I guess, in, in this example is we're not massively struggling right now, but we definitely are feeling the pinch and it's coming. And um, so I'm putting the, 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 the things in place now to hire somebody new. And the next thing to think about is once you've decided now is the time is what are you going to get this person to do? Now, an example I gave before about our customer services, we're hiring for a new role that doesn't really exist. I mean, we do do customer service. Obviously, we do have some mechanisms, some systems about client success, but there's nobody in the role owning it. 
it's sort of really, actually, I'm really carrying that, if anything. And I've got my staff to help me out, but we haven't really formalized a role around it and give anyone overall responsibility for actually um, hitting targets with re result uh, uh, in terms of like customer satisfaction or um, you know, our referral rates and those sorts of things, which are key indicators that we're doing a really good job. And so no one's owning that at the moment. It's really sort of like sort of sat on my plate, but I'm probably not doing as good a job as I should be, hence the need to hire somebody. So in our example, it's a new new work for a new role. And this then causes this slight dilemma that I had over the Christmas period, which is, do we hire somebody new to do this new work or do we hire um, somebody, uh, do we get somebody from the internal team, sorry, some existing team to take on this role? And if we do that, how do we create the capacity? And to help in that decision-making process, I want to look at the advantages and disadvantages, so to speak, of delegating new work to somebody new uh, versus delegating existing work. And then we'll talk about how we've actually used this uh, systematic approach to decide how to move forward and what we are actually doing in the process. So let's take the first example. If you're delegating brand new work to somebody new. So first off, whenever you create new work, as in this is work that's not currently being done in your uh, business right now. So no one's actually doing it. Then you as the business owner, or maybe you've got you know a COO or somebody in the company. So whoever it is that's leading it has to come up with the project that we're going to be working on. Like what is it that you want? Whether it's at a really high level and you're hiring somebody in to deliver it, but you've got to think about what the goal is. Or for me as a small business owner, I don't have you know a, a C-suite, so to speak. I don't have you know a team of of, of, of thought leaders in, in the company that are driving change. So it's actually a lot of this decision making and, and planning is, is on my head. And so I've got to come up with the idea, okay, I want to improve customer satisfaction, for example. But then I actually, I probably need to take it a step further. Think, well, what things have I learned? What I've experienced uh, along the way from the coaching? I get coached all the time by different uh, mentors. And what have I, you know, um, experiences that I've had that I thought were really good that I want to emulate in my business or other stuff that I've read and I want to actually bring in or just ideas I've got. And so I've got to create this stuff. I've got to create deliverables. I've got to create a vision for somebody to deliver it. And this is going to take work uh, to actually pull all that stuff together. And because there aren't any systems in place for that, it's going to require some handhold. It's going to require some actually um, overseeing somebody, making sure that they have the support they need, making sure that they are you know moving towards a, a, a common goal, and um, the pro uh, and and creating then systems for all this takes time. It can drag existing team members into uh, the process because if your brand new team members don't understand your system for creating systems or you know, how you're actually meant to be documenting stuff, you've got to train them on that too. Um, and so it also, the other another problem with hiring a new person for a new role is you've just got this, this period when you hire somebody new in where they're just getting used to you. They're getting used to your team. They're getting used to the way you work, your policies, the the how you communicate with your team. And you know we have really robust onboarding processes and, and training processes, but there's still always a bit of a lag. No matter how good they are, the person who's worked for me for two days is going to be less efficient than the one that's worked there for two years. That's just the nature of the game. And so you've got to be prepared that when somebody starts, there's this lag period before anything really gets going. And so there's also so many unknowns as well about bringing somebody brand new in. If we put a lot of effort into create, like training somebody up or working with somebody, developing them into a brand new role, which hasn't been systemized yet, and then they up and leave after two months because we're not a good values fit, 
then all of that work, or a lot of that work is going to be lost because we haven't sort of captured it yet. We're still in that development stage of the system. And so we've not really nailed it and got it down. And therefore, it's something that we can then hand over to somebody else. Whereas if we use an existing person in this brand new role, then there's less chance of them actually leaving, I would hope, if they've already worked for us for two or three years, then, then the likelihood is I'm probably confident they're going to stick around for another three or four months. And so we can go through this process and actually get that that that, that new system to a point we can get it documented and then hand it over to other people uh, in the for, going forward. So there's a risk involved, I think, of involving a brand new person in a, in a brand new project because of this, this period of of development where it's not well documented, where you're basically winging it. And uh, and then if that person was up and, leave, up and leave during that time, which is more likely with somebody new, then you can actually lose a lot of time and energy and uh, resources that you've put into that. And alongside the other things I mentioned about it just taking more time for them to get stuff done. They don't understand your systems, you know, that, that, that teething problems when you bring somebody else in new. So new work for a new person has its challenges. Now, Flip that around. Let's look at if you are delegating existing work to this new person coming in. And so here I'm talking about your team, whether it's you, if you're a sole entrepreneur, or your team, if you've got employees or virtual assistants or anything at the moment, and having a look at what they are already doing and saying, all right, of the stuff you're already doing, what is actually well-documented, well-systemized that we could easily hand over to somebody else? And by doing this, we actually going to free up our existing team members, including yourself, um, to be able to actually focus their time on this new project that we want to do. So we can free up existing team members' time to focus on this new thing. So we're still getting new work done, and we're going to hire somebody new, but not the same person. The new person isn't going to do the new work. We're going to free up the capacity in the existing team to do the new work, and the new person coming in is going to do existing work. And there's some other things I want to talk about here. So um, when you take work off somebody, your existing team members, you can be selective with what you take away. You can take away the stuff which really isn't in their zone of genius. It isn't stuff they just really just rattle off. They love doing, they nail it first time. They're super productive about it. They get up in the morning excited to do it. You can take away the stuff that doesn't give them that buzz, that they aren't super efficient or quick at doing and give it to somebody, give it to this new person to deal with. That will make them more efficient. They'll have more time to do this new work and they'll love you for it because they're now not doing the stuff that they were dragging their heels with and actually hating. So your existing um, tasks, because they're well-managed, because that's how, because they're well-documented, because they're existing tasks, you've been doing them for a long time, you create your systems around them, then the, the amount of management needed for a new person to come in and do them is very little, hopefully, if they're well-documented. And also, because they were already done by one of your existing team members, if you already have an existing team, obviously, then that existing team member can be the one that supports the new person coming in, managing them, giving them feedback as required, improving the systems with a new pair of eyes on it without your involvement. So it can be a really efficient way to bring somebody in without you as the business owner getting dragged into training and development and management uh, right from the start. So your so by putting it the way, you get your existing team to take on the new project by freeing their time by giving their existing tasks to the person coming uh, person uh, coming in. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. Um, so now let's look at okay, how do you decide what task to actually give somebody? And first of all, we need to look at okay, what are they actually um, doing right now, 
And the way that we do this is to capture everything they do um, on a timesheet. So we want to actually know, or on a task board, sorry. So we want to actually know, first of all, what are the tasks they're doing? Hopefully, if you're following on with the stuff I teach in this podcast, you've got a task board for each of your staff. If you haven't, this is a great time to start. And so when you're thinking about hiring somebody new, you're going to offload some existing work to people. Then you want to basically know what does everyone do each day, each week, each month, and each you know period. So whether it's a quarter or six month. So basically everything that goes on in your business. So when your staff are working, you're basically getting to create a little, little uh a card on a task board to say, this is what I do each day. This is what I do each week. And now you've got this big, long list of stuff. Hopefully you're also documenting this stuff as I just talked about. And also the plus side of this is if you actually get them to track their time so you know how long, but on average, each of these things takes every single day, because then you'll know how much time you're going to free up when you delegate this stuff. So you can work out how, you know, what number of hours you need to hire this new person uh, to, to do in order to free up X number of hours by giving you know, specific tasks to somebody. And so by having those things, by knowing which tasks you're going to give them, how long they're taking, you can then work out how many hours they're going to have to um, have to do. And so this is super useful um, with regards to actually knowing uh, how many hours you need to hire somebody for. Sorry, repeating myself a little bit there, but there you go. Um, and also the last thing is about giving your existing team members by freeing them up, by giving them new opportunities is to give them the opportunity to develop themselves into new areas. So they'll be really thankful, most staff, if they're good staff, really thankful for the opportunity to develop themselves and become a better version of themselves. So the, the professional development they're going to get by taking on a new project and leading that project, learning a new area, it's exciting, especially if someone's worked for you a long time in the same role. It gives the opportunity to grow new skills and to actually show, uh, show you how, how great they can be. And therefore, they end up sticking around for longer because they don't get bored doing the same old, same old every single day. And so the, the just really just recap that that part of what I've been talking about is that to get new work done, you either have an option of bringing somebody new to the new work or using existing team existing team member to do the new work. I would lean towards getting the existing team members to do the new work by freeing them up for lots of positive reasons, as I've just described. It allows them to develop themselves. It means that they can get rid of stuff they don't like doing, and it also um, means that you have that you're you're making their job more exciting and enjoyable hopefully they'll stick around for the long term and it's much much easier because the new person is doing old work so your existing team members can manage them for you so um there are a few exceptions to this and those are if you genuinely need a new set of a new set of skills in in order to get this new work done so it could be for example that you are building a website or doing some graphic design work, or maybe you're doing some paid advertising on social media or copywriting. And there's no one in your existing team with those skills. And training someone from scratch to become a, a website designer is probably not what you want to do. I mean, someone either is a web designer because they love it and they're doing it, or they're not. And if they already were, then they'd probably be already doing it. And so it's impractical to go and uh, train somebody to do it. So you need specific skills. And um, just if you are doing that sort of project, all I would say, I'm not going to uh, delve into it too much here, but all I would say is just be conscious of the amount of time that you will need in order to help them deliver what your vision. Um, even though they're bringing the skills, you need to communicate and manage in order for them to be able to deliver what you want. So if you are doing that and it's new work for a new person, 
just be aware it is going to take more of your time or any uh, key member of yourself if you do have sort of high level management uh, in there already. All right. So I touched on some of this before. I want to jump into the, the how we do this. So let's ex- assume for this example, we're having, uh, we're having someone new, but we're going to get them to do some of our existing team's work in order for our existing team to take on the new project. And that is what I recommend in most cases. There are obviously exceptions. And this is for my size of business. If you've got a much bigger business, you may have already uh, surpassed this and do things in a different way. That's cool. But um, hopefully these will be useful tips anyway. So um, this is basically exactly how we decided. I did touch on some of this before. I said a little bit out of order, but hopefully um, I won't repeat myself too much here. So the key data, as I said a minute ago, is what recurring tasks is each person in your entire organization doing, not just one individual. Uh, and that comes from our task boards. And if you listen to episode six, um, our, it's about our proven process to systemize your business. I talk about task boards in there and, and, and how you can set them up. Then you need to know what do people genuinely love to do? What do they hate to do? Uh, in episode 60 of this podcast, uh, we talked about the Know It, uh, Want It, Hate It sheet. And that is an exercise you can do with your existing team to find out where their passions are and what they want to learn more of. And that could be a great way to identify who should be doing this new role. And and how long every task should take, as I discussed a minute ago, that's about time tracking. And we covered that in episode 92 uh, when I talked about the staff time tracking, the good, bad, the bag, and and the ugly. And um, with that key data, you can then figure out exactly how much time uh, how much, uh, how many tasks you need to give this new person to free up the amount of time you need. And you can sort of start thinking about um, uh, other members of the team that you can free up as well to have more capacity and filling up a whole new role like we are now. So I'm going out to all my team and I've asked them to, basically on their task board, really practical approach to this, is to go through all their recurring tasks and put a tag on everything they don't want to do anymore and they feel it's something that they could easily hand over because it's well-documented. And then we have a meeting booked on Monday, or Tuesday, sorry, uh, next week for me and the ops manager to look at everything everyone's tagged and then create a role out of it. And on that hiring meeting, just to go into a bit more detail, actually, just to help, is it's really important that when you are hiring for a new role, when we are being selective about the type of tasks we're giving that person. So we've asked just just the staff to basically tag anything that they don't want to do or they feel they could hand over. And then what our job will be, me and my, uh, my ops manager, will be to go through and say, okay, cool, what sort of tasks would a, a type of person be good at? Because what we don't want to do is blend up, um, you know, the types of people. And I talk about this in the um, in my in the job hiring uh, episodes and early on in this podcast, so from episode ten, I believe, and I talk about the idea you don't want to hire the for for multiple roles at the same time. So they can cover lots of different tasks, lots of different things, but you don't want to hire a um, you know a frontline customer sales or outgoing salesperson who's also going to do backend spreadsheets, database design, and uh, you know really repetitive, mundane stuff because it's just two different personality types and you'll get a clash. And then someone talented will be probably able to do everything, but actually they won't be in their zone of genius. They won't be happy doing it for the long term. So try to be selective, group tasks together, and out of all the stuff that your staff have suggested that they want to offload, pick the stuff that sort of fits into one uh, bucket. So just one sort of like a personality bucket. Um, and then that's that's going to be your 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 task list for your new person. And ideally, as I said before, you want something that's well documented because it'll make it easier when you're handing it over. Um, and then you want to ha- craft a job posting around it. And so once you then decided this is what they're going to do, 
you're going to then, uh, I talked about this in uh, episode 11, I think it was, about creating a job posting and in episode 49 when I talked about uh, why job most jobs posting fail. Um, so both those episodes cover a lot about actually how you craft a really good job posting. You then want to get out higher. I cover that in episodes 10 to 17, if you're interested. And then onboard them, and I cover that in episode 18. So there's a bit of homework for you to do to sort of fill in all the gaps with this. Um, and also when you're onboarding and you're managing your, your member of staff, I talk about that in episode 31. So there's lots of you, lots of uh, extra stuff you can do to really get the full picture of this. Um, now, if you do this, if you do this way, um, then your staff are going to love you for it. Because you're giving them the opportunity to grow. You're freeing them up to do stuff they love to do. You're taking away stuff they don't. Um, it's giving you the opportunity to offload some of your existing stuff to free up your headspace to be able to manage whatever this new work is. Um, and it also avoids you getting dragged in to the training and management of new members of staff because your, your existing team know how to do this stuff because they're currently doing it. So they are best placed to actually do the management and the training of a new person coming in, which frees you up and means you're, you can stick or avoid getting dragged in, as I said before. This is exactly what we've done. We basically asked our team, um, I asked my team who in the business would like this new role, would like to get involved with this. So I identified actually my uh, ops manager would really be good at this. She's already doing some of this and to add to that would make a lot of sense. Um, the idea is now that she, because I trust her, I, I know her capabilities. I've worked with her for over three years. I can trust her to, to get on with stuff. I can throw stuff at her. She can test stuff out. She already knows many of my clients, so we can do beta testing and stuff as well. She has a relationship with them. She's familiar to them. So it's, it's a perfect fit, really. And then what her job's going to be is to spend the next couple of months building the basic systems for our client success role. And so obviously, no matter what role you're doing, the, the principles are the same. So somebody I know, I trust, who can build systems, who understands how we work, who understands our, our, our values and our policies, et cetera, can now build robust systems around this brand new role we've never done before. And then once we've got to that stage, she can start delegating down. And when we hire somebody else in new, manage that person in taking over the role to free her up to go and work on something else. And then we basically rinse and repeat. Um, and this is a process, a similar process that we've done many, many times in different um, areas of our business. We basically train somebody up uh, or develop, I should say, develop a system with somebody, get them to document it, bring in, bring in an assistant to support them and move that person under somebody else. And then that assistant then basically becomes the manager of whatever that project was. Um, it's a very, very effective way to quickly systemize your business, to build your existing team's uh, skill sets and value, keep them interested in their work and then keep growing your team and bringing entry-level people in, very, very cost-effective, and then training them up in this similar way and uh, letting people shine and giving the opportunity to do so. Um, so that's it. So really, um, as an, just an overview of this or a conclusion, really, that when you are thinking about taking on a new project or your team is just at capacity, then think about bringing somebody in to take off some of the pressure of your existing team so you can then focus your new, uh, your existing team on the new work you want doing because you already know and trust them. And therefore, they will be able to or you'll be able to work with them more easily than bringing some brand new into a role. There are a few exceptions to this when you need certain skill sets. 
But if this is just more operational work, then typically you can actually get your existing team members to step into roles, step up, give them a pay rise, you know, make them a manager if they're going to be managing the person that's coming in and taking over a lot of their work. It just adds to morale. It keeps the company growing. You um, keep everybody, everybody um, motivated and as they're learning and developing more. And you also bring people in very low cost, uh, but you're getting actually increased value from your existing members of staff as well. Um, and really the key to making this e super easy to do is to be diligent with your task management, making sure you're sticking stuff on your task boards, time tracking, making sure you know how long stuff takes, um, and just making sure that um, your, your existing team are really documenting everything they do super well so that when you need to bring somebody else in, it's all documented and ready to go. And I just had a little add-on to this, actually, about a conversation I had today with one of my clients. And they've got a, a challenging situation where their ops manager is um, going to have to take some time off. And so they, um, without any notice, so they're basically going to have to take time off pretty much immediately. And, and thankfully, they've been working with this for a while. So a lot of the stuff that that person did is systemized. But there is still going to be holes in, in, in the process that needs to be filled. But because they've got the systems in, and they're going to be bringing one of their existing team members to basically hold up the fort while they're gone. So he's not going to be dragged in massively into it. So this process of you know creating a very good visual picture of what your staff are doing every day, of getting it documented, is just so there's so many advantages to it and so many uh, problems that could help avoid. Um, hiring is one of them, as I just described. And also, obviously, when people go off sick, it's sort of the, the other side of it. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So I'd add that because it was on the top of my mind. Cool. That's it for today. I hope you found that helpful. If you have, please do comment. Let me know. Uh, do leave us a review. Five stars is always nice. If you want to give us a rating on your favorite podcast app, if you're listening to the podcast, of course. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe. And if you're on social media, do share this with your loved ones and friends and colleagues and all the rest of it. And, uh, and spread the word. Much appreciated. Thank you for your time. I'll see you all very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. Your Success.